Amen. What an awesome time of worship we've just had together. And I'm sure that it came across on your screens wherever you are right now. And um, this morning, we are going to be team teaching, Tyler and I, as Tyler makes his way to the stage. Hey, welcome, Tyler. Great Thank to see you, you here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here with Tyler Schoenberger. And first, I want to just congratulate you on being uh, nominated by our session to uh, become an associate pastor here. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Tyler's already a pastor. You're already a shepherd. And I read a, a quote the other day about um, leaders that leaders stretch with challenges. Leaders stretch with challenges and don't shrink back from, from challenges. And I thought of you because I thought of the fact that when you started here, um, you have an MBA, we're getting an MBA, and doing things in health management and things like that, and then you stretched by becoming our youth director, and then you stretched again by uh, going on mission trips. How old were you at that point? I think I was 24. 24? And so. the first one you went on was in Mexico, right? Mexico. Acapulco. So you, you guys went there three times? Two Twice. times? Twice. 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 Man, yeah, this, it was the first time I've ever actually been out of the country. Yeah, and you're leading. My, my <laughs> kids were with you. You know what's really funny is that I think my daughter was CJ's age at the point at that time. I think she was in eighth grade. Eighth grade. Yep. Oh yep. my. And then you stretched again uh, by um, leading our young adults, and so the young adults, and then reach UD, um, and then. What have you done recently? There was something else you were doing recently. Oh, yes, small groups, right. So then you took over our small groups, and you've just done a fantastic job with that. So um, how does it feel? Well, I, I never could have imagined that, um, you know, I, I came here as a 22-year-old wow. right out of college and just, you know, checking out the church. And right. I could have never imagined that I would be sitting here with you talking and yeah. preaching. And um, it's just been amazing what God has done in the life of our church Mm. And even in my own life over these past now eight years, which is eight crazy. Eight years. Yeah. Yep. Eight years. Yeah. So this morning, we want to introduce to you our, our new sermon series. We're going to do it a little bit differently. And you can interact with us. Uh, I'll check out my phone. And if you interact in some way and it's, it's a, something of value, um, <laughs> we'll comment on it. So it seems that um, everyone that I talk to, and this is our first chance to interact online, Everyone I talk to seems to be asking the same question when it comes to COVID-19. And I want to see if anyone online can guess the question that I'm referring to. I'll give you a little hint with the first few words. Here, here it goes. When is everything going to fill in the blank? Let's see if anybody can, can get that. Um, you get a prize. For yeah, you get a person. prize. Let's see if anybody gets it on here. When is everything going to get, I'll give you another hint. <laughs> so let's see. Anybody hear of it? Ethan Lapato. What do you think? He's here. Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie, when will it be over? Stephanie. Uh, Melody says, when's it going to be over? Not, not quite. Um, Stephanie says, when's it going to be open? We're getting closer. Oh. We're getting closer. When is everything going to get back to normal? Alice Betters gets the prize. Wow. It's so funny. It can't be like Alice Jones or <laughs> Alice, you know, whatever. It's got to be Alice Betters, right? Yeah. I, I, 
All right. Well, whatever. She wanted um, fair and square, though. What she wanted fair and square. I didn't tell her beforehand. When is everything <laughs> going to get back to normal? And that seems to be the question, and you can understand it for people who have been impacted by COVID-19. I saw a funny graphic this past week, and um, it was announcing this brand new movie, and it had this 2020. So the movie's called 2020, <laughs> uh, directed by Stephen King. You know, produced by Quentin Tarantino. Because 2020 has been absolutely crazy. It's been anything but normal. And it's been horrifying at times. Um, you know, some have lost their jobs. Seniors who uh, have lost their spring sports. Uh, the end of their senior year. Elderly people were scared. Uh, this past week we took Chick-fil-A to the Christiana Hospital. And you have these nurses there. Um, one of them, I used to teach when she was in like eighth and ninth grade, and there she is in a mask, essentially putting their, her life at risk to help others. So there's the desire to get back to normal is understandable, and so we don't want to miss that um, as we pry into this question. Yeah, I mean, you know, for those of for those of you parents who are. Um basically homeschooling your kids at home right now. You certainly long for things to go back to normal, for school to open back up, for daycare to open back up again. Um, and so we totally get that. And there are many great things of the normal that we speak of that we don't want to necessarily minimize um, because, you know, there are so many things to, to go back to. I think of like um, one of Gwen and I's favorite things that we do is to open up our house to our young adults. And, um, you know, we haven't been able to do that. And and I even miss like, you know, contact, you know, like shaking people's hands, giving people a hug. Um, and so we long for those things to get back to normal, certainly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so as we go through this series, we don't want anyone to think that we're saying we don't want to get back to the good things. There's good things in the past, and there's things that are, are causing our people and many people to hurt. So we're not saying we don't want to get back to that. But outside of wanting things to get back to normal when it comes to healing and real loss, um, we need to be careful, though, about longing for normal because our faith is anything but normal. And the bottom line is that as human beings, we are anything but normal. And Reed's Church is anything but normal. Um, there's a great quote by Martin Luther, and I like to say it a lot when I preach, is that if you're not the worst sinner that you know, then you don't know yourself very well. And I think a close second to that is that if you're not the most abnormal person that you know, that you don't know yourself very well. I mean, we're, we're anything but normal. There's a great book title that everyone is normal until you get to know them. So we're all, we're all abnormal. Um, I mean, think about what are some of the things about our faith, Tyler, that, that are abnormal? I mean, just the things that we believe. What are some of those things? Yeah, I mean, well, we just celebrated one yeah. um, a few weeks ago in the resurrection, which is the, central to our faith. And, you know, that is such, I mean, you want to talk about abnormal, that's about as abnormal as it gets, that mm -hmm. our faith rests on a man who was dead for three days. We believe he rose again and appeared to many other witnesses. And so what, a, what an abnormal thing that, that we believe. And I think so many times, you know, as, as we're going to talk about here, um, normal sometimes isn't a good thing. Sometimes it is, as we've said, but normal a lot of times isn't a good 
thing. Our faith, like you said, is built on many things that are abnormal. That's what faith is. Um, wasn't it abnormal for a young kid to go and fight a giant? We, we just went through a whole series on the life of with King David. With a slingshot. With a sling and a stone. That was abnormal. And you know what's interesting about that is in that case, you know what normal was? To hide on the sidelines, to be scared, that was what was normal. Right. And so on the, on the course of Scripture, we see that God calls people out of normal into the abnormal. Walking on water, staying in the boat was normal. But getting out of the boat and walking on water, that's yeah, I don't know why the, I don't know why I think about this every time I cross the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. You know that, like a 30 miles long? I've never been on it. But you, you've yeah. never been on it? No. Nah. Really? No. Nah. Okay. I don't like it. Tunnels. It's crazy. It's like 30 <laughs> miles long. You go on a bridge and then you disappear into a, an under, uh, under the water. It's, it's crazy. But I always look at the Chesapeake Bay and I, I see all those waves and I think, Jesus walked on something similar. To I mean, that is not normal at all. Our faith isn't normal. You aren't normal. I'm, you I'm are, not normal. Just ask his all. wife. I mean, it's just abnormal. Ask my wife. Sometimes she's like, you are so strange, <laughs> such a weirdo. Um, but, you know, when you think about it, uh, there's, like you said, there's a lot of good things about normal routine, but there's also things that if you think about COVID-19 right now, many times it seems when we say we want to go back to normal, we're longing to go back to things that made us miserable. Um, Things that we were actually praying against in our lives or hoping would change, we're actually now thinking, I want those things back. You know, and so, um, you know, one of the things I can think of is busyness. You know, it's actually been really nice to not be running around like crazy and to kind of get away from that. And so, a lot of times we're thinking, well, I want to get back to busyness. I don't want to go back to busyness. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be, a, if I were to give you any advice as a younger father, I would say stay away from that. Like stay away from the, the constant busyness. Yeah, I, to, to your point, I, um, you know, there would be days before all of this where, you know, Gwen and I would look at our week and say like, wow, we have Thursday night free. Mm. That's it. Right. And then, you know, Thursday would come and, oh, now it's not free anymore. Right. And so, and so now it's like we have virtually every night free. In, in a sense, because we're, we're at home, and um, we've been blessed by that. Um, but you're still doing incredible ministry, though. I've yeah. seen it. I mean, you're still ministering to people, even without all of the weird busyness. Yeah, it's, it's just not as hectic anymore. And that's, like, when you think about the church, and when, when we all come back, you know, what's the, what's the difference going to be? Like, what, it'll, it's going to be, everything's going to be different, and everything's going to be new. And um, we're getting to that. We should probably move forward to that. Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And, you know, God is always, always doing a new thing. And so many times I think in the church, we're the last people to perceive it. Do you not perceive it? I love that. You know, in the, in the church and... and um, where do you see where do you see it going as far as like God is doing a new thing? What's your what's your take on that? Well, you know we've we've always been labeled as weird, the church, right? I mean because like you said we we are abnormal, and so now we live in abnormal times, 
And I feel like in a lot of ways, now we finally fit. Hmm, now, now our message is even more relevant to the world because, I mean, look what's happening in, in the world. It's, I mean, it's crazy. It, this is, in my lifetime, maybe even in your lifetime, because you're significantly older than me. Significantly but, older. Um, <laughs> but maybe this is the most You're bizarre. catching up, man. What are you, 30 now? Something yeah. like that? I'm only like 41, so I'm only 11 years older than you. <laughs> you're laughing too hard, Randy. That's it's not that bad. You're right. You were the same age, buddy. I am older than you? Oh, really? Okay. Like by a year, maybe. Go ahead. I, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. That's okay. I, I just, you know, I just think that um, our message of, of Jesus and wanting to reach people where they are, um, I feel like now we have such a, a beautiful platform um, because our abnormal fits in with the world's abnormal. Um, everyone is kind of looking um, for answers in, in a lot of different ways. Um, I know that uh, this is maybe another topic, but I think most of the reason that we all busy ourselves so much, both in the church and out of the church, is because we're afraid of facing essentially who we are. We're afraid of being at home and just being. And so um, I think that this abnormality of the world has forced a lot of people to do some introspection, to kind of ask some of life's bigger questions. And um, we have the answers to those questions. We, we believe, this is what we believe, we just sang it earlier, um, that summarizes everything. And so um, the messages that we preach, I mean, this idea of getting back to normal is relevant for every single person in the world right now. And so what an opportunity that we have, and we should embrace that. We should embrace it. I mean, why would we want to, in a sense, this is, why would we want to get back to the normalcy of the church being out here and kind of doing its thing where now we have this amazing opportunity to really impact culture with the answers that we are commanded even to share by Jesus. It's, it's an amazing opportunity we have. Yeah, it sure is. Um, you know, Denise Holt wrote on here, busy equals being under Satan's yoke. And I can tell you that's true. I can remember the last time I was under Satan's yoke when it comes to busyness. It was when all three of our kids, our older kids, were all doing youth basketball on Saturdays. And all of them stink at basketball. Not one of them is good at it. Marky was getting good at it, and then his, he blew his knee out, and then he became an engineer. I mean, they're not going to become professional basketball players. And so at like 8.45, I had Katie's game, and, you know, she was terrible. She would just stand there. Um, and then 11.10 would be Molly's game over at our gym here at the church. And there was like a million people there because our gym's not really built for that. People everywhere, you know, you would never have that today, like with COVID. 19 and then you'd have Marky's game would be at like 310 so all day Saturday I'm under Satan's yoke in the church <laughs> playing basketball all day um, so I totally agree with you Denise I'm not sure that's exactly 
what you meant uh, by it. But, um, you know, I think of the disciples in Acts chapter 1. So the disciples in Acts 1, this is right after Jesus is risen from the dead and he's getting ready to ascend. He spent all this time with them and here he is ready to ascend into heaven. The disciples who had expected him to be a military leader, a Messiah that would overthrow Rome, you would think by now they got it. And at that point, I love what they said. Um, The disciples said to Jesus, are you now going to set up your kingdom?" It was like they still didn't get it. Um, And so they were, I think what they were referring to is, okay, this isn't going to be normal, but this is our new level of normal. That's a more godly way of saying, let's get back to normal. It's going to be a new level of normal. And I don't even think that captures it because it's not so much, and this is where our series is going to be headed, it's not going back to normal. It's not a new level of normal, but a new level of good. Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose, that he works all things together not to make everything normal again, not to uh, get to a new level of normal, but he works all things together for our good. So our new sermon series is going to be called a new level, not of normal, but a new level of good. And, you know, when you think about it, you think about the good things that God's doing right now in the midst of COVID-19, and you think of the good things he's done in the past that we long to get back to. I mean, one of the things I can think of where, you know, when I know what people mean and what I mean when I say let's get back to normal is I can't see my grandchild. I cannot see my grandchild. I get videos every day, and I sit there and cry looking at them. Um, You're going to be there soon. Can you imagine? I mean, he will be. It's like goes like it goes so fast. But and yeah, <laughs> something to, something to share with us, Gwen? No, okay, all right. <laughs> um, but I can't see I can't see my grandchild right now. So I want to get back to that. That's good to see your grandchild. But what's not good is to see your grandchild and be distracted the whole time with everything else going on in the world, with, um, you know, not being present in the moment, with taking it for granted, taking your family for granted, taking the blessings for granted. So the new level of good, when I see my grandchild, is I want to be so present in that moment. That's, that's the new level of good. You know, I want to, I don't want to go back to the normal of taking things for granted, of taking moments like that for granted. I want to go back to the normal um, of, of seeing my grandchild, but I want to take that to a new level of good. Well, think, and think too, um, think about the church. You know, we, we say all the time um, here when we're here on Sundays and, you know, <laughs> nobody else is here, how much we long to come back together again. Right. And, and that is something that is good, you know, meeting together, Hebrews 10, right? Don't, don't give up meeting together. And so that, that is a good thing that we can't wait to get back to. So that sense of normal is good. But um, we're, we're, we're going to get back to a new level of good, And so some of the stuff that was before COVID-19, let's be honest, right? Um, You know, rolling in here kind of in the monotonous drudge, I don't want to ever go back to that. 
I want a new level of good. I don't want to get back to the normal of routine coming here on Sunday. Hopefully, everyone watching here doesn't want to either. I mean, let, let's be honest, right? You roll in late. You're like, you know, watching your watch. We've got to get to church, and we have Hold the your kids. coffee, stand there Body singing. Guys, <laughs> right. And, the, you know, Rub all. sleep out of your yeah, eyes. Yeah, Oh, what's going on? <laughs> like, I can't believe Tyler wore that shirt today or whatever it is, yeah. you know. And, you know, there's so much of that stuff that I hope that we bury in the past forever because it's shown us like that stuff wasn't good mm. it just wasn't good. we may not have a choice <laughs> i mean we may who knows where this is headed we may not have a choice i was i was uh, talking to some people yesterday about like what church could look like because they're starting to talk about you know what is church going to look like when we all come back when it all goes back to normal and the idea was um that going back to normal and a new level of normal is going to be that you know every other every other uh row is empty everyone's wearing you know surgical masks on i mean like there's a plexiglass in front of the entire stage for germs there's no handshaking there's no hugging there's no like there's all social distancing from each other and i'm like that's not church like we are called to to reimagine what church can be we're we're going to uh, be facing that and that's exciting to me it's exciting to me you know it's not exciting to me to just try to fit um, a square peg into a round hole and just try to get back to normal, you know, that kind of thing. So to move forward, um, the book of the Bible that we are going to be rooting this series in is one of my favorite books, and it's going to be Philippians. Um, Philippians fits this theme like a glove because Paul wrote this letter while in prison. He wrote this letter while in prison, and He's, he's in prison, which is worse than COVID-19 when you think about it. Some say that this was the seventh time he was in prison. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd lost a lot of friends. Um, he's towards the end of his life. Galatians was written towards the beginning of his ministry. And in that book, he's talking about the legalists and all that. He's still talking about them in Philippians. So he's still facing those types of things. And so, but he writes this book from prison, this letter from prison, not feeling sorry for himself, not trying to get people to like his woe is me Facebook statuses or things like that, but to encourage the Philippians who were already a model church. They were the good guys, but he's still encouraging them to get to a new level of good. And it's, it's really incredible. And we'll just go through some of the verses that speak to this in Philippians. I mean, the first one that comes to mind is one of these verses that's a favorite verse of many. And I am sure of this, Philippians 1.6, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. And even... Even while Paul is in prison, in this opening chapter, he's looking forward to the prayers of the people releasing him, um, setting him free, and his personal message to the Philippians, since Paul always gave a vulnerable, personal, upfront message in his letters, is that he's good, even though he's in prison, that he considers everything but Jesus to be, you know, a load of you know what? I mean, he actually uses the word, but he's content. He's encouraged. His concern wasn't for himself, but for the Philippian church, they wouldn't lose the good work that they had, that they had experienced. He was concerned that the Philippians would, would continue to be united, that they would go to the next level of good. And so, you know, you think of some of these other verses, um, 
Philippians 3. Yeah, um, just real quick on that one too. What I love about Philippians 1.6 in reference to um, kind of what we're dealing with now in this emphasis on good, he who began a good work in you, right? That, that is our salvation. That, is, that, that happened to us. And so we are on this trajectory forward and yet that trajectory forward is continually progressing. We are progressing from one degree of glory to another to good. another. Like and that, that is good, mm-hmm. right? And so what, what a great tie-in to that, that we are, we, are, we are progressing. We are being saved, as we read earlier, from glory to glory to glory. And that's not stagnant. That's not going back. That's moving ahead in better, better, better and better ways as we're yeah. being transformed. That's awesome. Um, one of the things that Paul says in the letter is that uh, they're partners in the gospel with him. And then he uses this phrase, from the first day. And you have to know what that first day was that Paul was referring to. And you can find out in, in the book of Acts, it gives you the stories of what happened on that first day when he was in Philippi. And that first day is the idea of the very beginning of the Philippian church. Um, and some of the things that happened was that he was in prison because he cast out a demon out of a little girl. Um, and he's in prison, and the Philippian jailer is converted, and his entire family is. Uh, and Paul is miraculously released from prison on that first day. Um, he meets this group of women. One of them's named is Lydia, which becomes a, a, a primary figure in the early church. So all of these amazing things happened on the first day, but Paul doesn't mention any of them. It's it's interesting. He doesn't say, hey, remember when I was there on the first day and remember the Philippian jailer and the miracles and all that back in the good old days? I mean, he said that God is doing a work and he's faithful to complete it, that he is doing a new thing. It's really really awesome. Yeah, and I mean, look, look at this next verse. We have Philippians 3, 7 to 11 to go right along with that. But whatever gain I had... I count it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Um, One of the things that I wrote down when I read that verse was, are you running back to normal because it's good, or are you running back because it's familiar? Bam. Bam. That's good. Um, A lot of times we just run back to normal, not because it's good, but because it's our comfort. Because it's familiar. It's, it goes with what you just said. Because it's, it's what I've known. It's the story of faith or whatever. It's like a ratty old sweatshirt. The sweatshirt's not that good, okay? Hey, I've been wearing a ratty old it's sweatshirt. It's not that good. But you go back to it because it's familiar, yeah. not because it's good. And so think about the things in your life that you tend to run back to. Are you running back because it's familiar? And is that why you want to go back to normal? Or are you running back because it's good? You know, you have to kind of designate and separate those because God is calling you from one degree of glory to another. He's not calling you to leave. Paul just said, you know, he could go on about his accomplishments and everything. But he's like, you know what? I count it all as 
boss is rubbish. I'm moving ahead. I'm straining forward to what lies ahead because far better things lie in front of us than any lie behind. And even though we're met in suffering, um, sim- I mean, you know, we're certainly not imprisoned. Right. I mean, think about that. But we are called to move from one degree of glory to what's good, not necessarily to what's normal, but to what is good, either in the past or in the future, what is good. And what's good is always the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus. All of the other stuff, it doesn't really matter. Rubbish. But it's the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus that is good. So if you look back on your life, what's good yeah. is the times that it was the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus. Yeah, and I love how Paul, he doesn't just dismiss his accomplishments. He renounces them as as liabilities towards the future. <laughs> like he doesn't just um, mention them. He he doesn't just dismiss them. He actually says they're rubbish. It's very interesting. Um, we, you think about uh, Philippians, you mentioned it, Philippians 3, 13 through 14 is our next verse. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And when you look at that word and you study what that means, that word forgetting, it doesn't mean to banish it from memory. It means to compare it to the potency of what is in front of you and to compare it to that and disregard it in that way. like we said, I mean, Paul is in prison and he's, he's hurting and yet he's saying, I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about what, what, is, what is ahead. You know, when, when, when we go back to the old ways, many times it's not good for us. You know, it's running back to anything but Jesus. You know, it's running back to a, a vague idea of God. So when you think about this verse about straining forward to what not is normal, not, not what's familiar, but what is good. Yeah, um, uh, like, like we're kind of saying, one of the big things is to strain forward to what is good. Again, like, like with the church, I, think about the church through the ages, you know, and, and everything that happened that in essence came against the church. I think of the book of Acts when they were persecuted. Um, what happened was that, sure, that was horrible, bad thing. Um, you know, we're, we're certainly not being persecuted now as, as the church, but what, what, what we are is we're being forced to change. We're being forced to evolve. And so what, what a great other testimony that God takes what is intended for evil, what is not good, and turns it for good. And so even in the midst of extreme persecution, God used that to... Um, bring about what he said. You'll be my disciples in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. And, and because of that persecution, that began that whole movement into the ends of the earth. And so you think about, you know, what is God doing through this time? And I believe, you know, in God working in his sovereignty, he can use us in 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 amazing ways to reach further into what is good and to tell the world the gospel in new and exciting ways. Yeah, I love the verse from Philippians 4.8, finally, brothers, 
Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. In other words, what is the good? What good is happening to think about those things? I mean, Paul is urging us on to have a, and one of the themes we're going to hit is this new kind of, of goodness, this new kind of love, um, this new kind of discernment, this new kind of transparency, a new kind of sincerity. Uh, Paul's saying, you know, don't focus on me, focus on Jesus. And when you think about the good of what's happening right now, even for those who are where things aren't good. I, I, I can tell you that in my own life, especially over the past couple of months, you can see God taking one situation after another, after another, turning it for my good, turning it for our good. Um, and even in the midst of, of some suffering, it just, it's amazing how God works, especially when you step back and allow him to work instead of always trying to push doors open. And I just want to encourage those of you who right now are hurting. I mean, there's people who are hurting right now, and you're listening to this, and you're thinking there's nothing good right now. Well, God has promised to take whatever situation you're in, it's a promise, and turn it for your good. Even things that man meant for evil in your life. Genesis 50, 20, that he turned everything for good that man meant for evil. Yeah, there, there's so many good things. Um, uh, the the kind of last verse we have here is from Philippians chapter 4, 10 to 13. Um, especially at the end of the verse, you've probably heard this one before. Um, but let's just read it. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am, in to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound. You know, this is, this is relevant for everybody right now. Like you said, if, if you've been brought low, if you've been brought high, um, whatever the case, this is written to everyone right now in this situation. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Look, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so that's a verse that's always kind of out there as um, I call it the Superman verse, right? You know, slap it on and we can do anything through him who gives me strength. But it's actually about being content. It's about being content in, every situ in any situation that we find ourselves in. And, you know, it, it's hard to be content in the low and the high but um, Paul just said the secret. He said, I have learned the secret, there you go, of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so, you know, God is good all the time. This is when all the cliches that we say all the time, this is when um, they're brought into real meaning. We sing that song here, it's called King of My Heart, and it just repeats over and over again, you are good, you are good, you are good. And you know, when the, one of the criticisms is like, oh yeah, you are good, that's real deep and meaningful. Just think yeah. of one thing that where God's been good to you with each repetition of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a really deep thing to sing right now, isn't it? Very much so. And so, you know, there's another example of like, 
you know, let's not go back to this like empty criticism of whatever. Now you see how deep singing you are good over and over and over again is. Like I want to sing it over and over again because, you know, sometimes you might be, you might be thinking he's not good to me right now. Well, sing it until you believe it. You know, keep singing it until you believe it. Sometimes it takes singing it over and over and over again to actually believe it. And so in faith, sing it now. And now all of a sudden, it's not just three words that it's like, oh, yeah, they're real theological there. No, that is really deep, and that is really theological. That's Philippians 4, 13, that I can do all things through him who gives me strength. That is the depth of what we're singing now. Hopefully that that's just one good thing that you are taking and learning from this whole thing. Maybe it's just the one thing that you need to understand in your life is he is good. He's good. If you lived your whole life with grasping the depth of just singing those three words, that's enough to grapple with your entire life. Don't forget that. Just the goodness of God. The goodness of God, how deep it is. And I love how he says that I've learned to be content in plenty or want. And that describes us right now. That describes the people watching right now. Because I've been calling people in our church, just trying to call through our uh, membership and just see how people are doing, if there's anything we can help with, how we can pray. And the common refrain that I'm hearing from most of the people I talk to is, I'm good. Like, I... I'm good. My spouse is really getting on my nerves at home, you know. I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know about. what, I don't either. No. But um, uh, some of you are homeschooling your kids and you're wanting some social distancing from all of that. Uh, but there's, there's different challenges. And even when you're articulating those challenges, you're laughing about it and it's not that big of a deal. But you're, what you're saying is I haven't lost my job. I'm blessed. I'm good. So even during COVID-19, you are in a position of, of plenty. You're still in that blessed position of plenty. And Paul says that you need Jesus during that time. I can do all things through Christ. This is a time for you to pour yourself into others who are during a time of want. You know, there's a time of want also there because there's other people watching this where you've lost your jobs. You are a small business owner. I talked to a small business owner who said that their business is at about 10% right now, what it was. But even in want, and as I've been talking to people, it's been incredible. It's very humbling to talk to our people. You said, you know what, though? I know God is sovereign. I'm listening. Nothing but Jesus. And so plenty, want, it's really the same thing. God is good. And how is God being good to you and to, um, to think through that? Yeah, I, I just actually this past week, um, I'm leading an online study through Daniel um, with, with many of our men. And so I want to encourage you to join us. Um, this week is Daniel chapter 3, you know, the, the fiery furnace. Everyone loves talking about Daniel chapter 3. But um, we had on, on Wednesday night, it was just so encouraging to me. Um, um, one of the men I've gotten to know here, his name's Chad, so shout out to Chad if you're watching. Um, I'm sure he is. But, um, you know, we're, we're going through Daniel chapter 2, and um, I won't go through it now, but um, we're kind of looking at this Old Testament passage, and then um, we went and we looked at a New Testament passage that perfectly matched and showed Jesus so clearly all the way back in Daniel chapter 2. And Chad was just blown away, and he was just literally praising God on the computer screen. And it was just such an encouragement to everyone in the study. And, you know, he didn't even know it, 
But he encouraged me so deeply. He's so encouraging. Such he, an encouraging he encouraged guy. me so deeply as he was just, I mean, he was like, oh my gosh, you know, he was just blown away by, by Jesus, you know, and seeing him in all the pages of scripture. And it was such an encouragement to me. And there's just an example, you know, you don't think that you're going to really bless people um, by just logging into a Zoom Bible study, you know, but, but he did because he, he's good, you know, and, and he shared that with us, you know, he's good. And he just got on and he just blessed the socks off of everyone in that study. And so it was just a reminder to me, you know, don't just give up or, you know, isolate yourself. We have great opportunity here, especially, you know, if you're good, you have great opportunity here to, to spread the love of Jesus, even though we're not meeting together in this room. Yeah. I mean, I was just looking on some of the comments online, Katie Burke, who is someone who's on the front lines every day, wearing that mask, treating people. She's a nurse, and she wrote this verse. You took what the enemy meant for evil. I love this. One of my favorite verses. And you turned it for good. You turned it for good. The victory is the Lord's. So here she is in a, in a time of want, you know, and, and she's going through this, and yet that's her perspective. And that's, I mean, that's really what it's all about at the end of the day is that um, God is sovereign. We can trust him, that God is good, uh, that we rejoice greatly in him. I mean, it's just the one verse after another. So we are really, really excited about this series. Um, we're excited to see what God does with it. When we think about the book of Philippians, the letter to the Philippians, uh, there's just so much in there that pushes us, urges us on to this new level of good. Any closing thoughts that you have? Yeah, I'm just really excited about um, starting the series in Philippians. Um, um, like you said, it, it really does fit like a glove. Um, you know, think of think of Paul writing it in prison. I mean, I, I'm certainly not in, in prison, um, although some days it may feel like it, you know, when the kids are going crazy. Um, but, um, and, you know, but, you know, I have Gwen and she's always just so understanding. Just so perfect. perfect. But, yeah. um, <laughs> always patient, always kind, always has a nice word for you, always, right? Always, always. Amen, always, right. Always, <laughs> always. Um, but I, I think of the context of the book that we're about to delve into. I mean, think about this man, Paul, um, such a figure of our faith. And the, the stuff he wrote is so profound when you really take in the context of which he wrote it in. Hmm. I mean, how, how do you write from prison, I'm good, I'm good. I don't you know, know I, man. I thank I God be, for you. I, I mean, don't know how he does it's it. It's amazing. It's Seventh amazing. time in prison. Yeah. <laughs> After everything that's happened to him and he's still writing, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Think about the good things. I mean, what a relevant book to go through right now. And it's just so important. Not only, and, and my, um, my closing thought is this, not only as we're going through it, um, are you thinking of the good things, but... I want us all to think about, you know, after we've made it through this, whatever that looks like, we're not going back to normal. We're not. Um, and so um, as, as, a, as a even society, and, and, and that's a good thing. That, that can be a good thing. Um, like you said, we will go back to certain normal things, but let's look forward to the good in which that is to come too. Don't miss the blessing. Yeah, and Paul even talks about that. He talks about the good here and the here and now 
to live is Christ. So he's not saying he wants to die. He's saying to live is Christ, to die is gain. So he's saying if, I, if I'm here in the body, that's great. I'll continue yeah. to share Jesus. I mean, he had plans. He was already talking about plans to go to the next place. After he got out of prison, he was anticipating, I'm going to get out of prison because of the prayers of the people, and then I'm going to go to this next place. Um, in Timothy, it's a parallel book because he writes this letter to Timothy, and he says um, that he, he, he wants him to go get this guy named John Mark who wrote the book of Mark. And he doesn't say, you know, go get him because I want to feel sorry for myself and I need somebody to come visit me, somebody. He says, no, he's useful to me in ministry. He also says in Timothy, go get my scrolls. I need my scrolls, you know. I need my stuff. I want to study. And because I'm going to the next, it, it's really truly incredible. I mean, it's challenging to me. I mean, there's stuff that's far, far less for me that discourages me and causes me to want familiar, causes me to say, when are things going to go back to normal? And saying, instead of saying, what good things is God doing in our lives right now? And the best thing that he's done for us is Jesus. I mean, that's the number one thing that he's done for us, is that he has given us Jesus. Uh, Paul talks in Philippians about a new status and then we have the new status, which is we're justified, we're adopted into his family. It's a new status. It's a new heart. And then he also gives us a new life. It's not old status, old life, old stuff, normal. No, it's new status, new life, and it's always from glory to glory, like you said, until completion. Yeah, um, last verse I'll share is um, Romans 12.1. This is do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. And I think so often, even in our spiritual lives, we've been conformed to the pattern of this world. We've been conformed to worldly thinking and we bring worldly thinking into our spiritual lives and it's really hard to um, separate the two in a sense. But, and then it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I'm praying for us as a church that during this time, our minds will be renewed in new and better and good ways. And ultimately, like you said, they'll be renewed in Jesus. They'll be renewed to focus on Jesus even more because there's nothing gooder. <laughs> there's nothing better than Jesus. That's the ultimate good thing. Nothing gooder than Jesus. On like that, that note, that's <laughs> awesome. Uh, we're going to close, and what we're going to do now is we are going to share with you, uh, maybe you're visiting with us, uh, maybe you haven't seen it yet, or we just feel like this is such a blessing. It's a video that our worship team put together. We released it on Easter. It has 16,000 uh, views. So I'm going to pray right now. I'm going to pray especially for those who are hurting, for those who are on the front lines, and then we're going to close with our video. It's called Sing a Hallelujah, right? Raise a hallelujah. Psych. It's called Raise. Raise a Hallelujah. I'm an instrumentalist. I don't really pay attention to the lyrics. Last week I kept saying sing a hallelujah over and over and over again in reference to this song. And you guys were dragging me on the group text for the worship team. Somebody should have crawled across the stage and just pulled on my pant leg and told me that like you guys did the very first week. So it's called Raise a Hallelujah. All right. Raise a hallelujah. And we're going to show that right after we pray. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, uh, I thank you for the gift of laughter. I thank you for the gift of encouragement. Um, 
we need it right now. We need, we need that right now. We thank you for this letter that Paul wrote to the Philippians. It was just filled with encouragement during extremely difficult times, not only for Paul, but for the early church, going through all kinds of persecution and um, just feeling their way and trying to figure it out. And yet, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice that I've learned the secret to contentment, that in plenty and in want I can do all things through Christ who brings me strength, that he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it, that we have a new life, that we have a new status, that we consider everything but Jesus to be loss. And so I pray that you would guide us as we move through this new series I really want to pray right now for those who are on the front lines, the nurses, doctors, um, emergency workers, those who are caring for elderly parents who might um, be highly at risk, those who are elderly who might be scared right now and are in fear. I mean, we can't imagine um, what some are going through who, who are at risk right now. And I pray for comfort for them. I pray that they would know the goodness of God, even in this storm, even in these uncertain times. So I pray that over the next many weeks that we would focus deeply, dive deeply, not into trying to get back to normal, not in longing for the old days, not even a new level of normal, but a new level of good. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.